yeah, Reuven Aronshvili, thank you very much for, uh, for for joining us on this episode of CISO Talks today. Um, we are we've been anticipating this. We're really excited to have you here. Um, I think first of all, would you be able to just take a couple of minutes to well, basically introduce yourself um, and your your company, please? That would be fantastic. Of course. Uh, so thank you very much also for having me. That's uh, always nice to, to be part of these kind of sessions. Um, so um, let me take you back to my uh, way where everything started, right? Uh, I started my professional career in the Israeli army. I was part of an academic excellence program of the IDF called the TDIM, in which I've done my B science and M science degree in computer science and uh, mathematics uh, in Tel Aviv University. And then uh, after that, I joined the cybersecurity unit uh, of the IDF. Uh, when joining the cybersecurity unit, I was part of the founding team of the Israeli Red Team that uh, later uh, became the official uh, nation-level uh, Red Team that um, uh, you know took uh, under responsibility the Army Network Critical Infrastructures and um, uh, Secret Services uh, Protection um, from the cybersecurity standpoint. Um, then in uh, 2011, uh, I finalized my uh, duty, end of 2011, beginning of 2012, I already uh, founded a SAI. Um, and since then, I'm serving as uh, the CEO of the company. Um, we provide different uh, solutions uh, from visibility. That means penetration testing, red teaming, and so on to get visibility into the organizational risk. Then we take it to a risk quantification exercise in which we use uh, some cool capabilities and uh, algorithms that we've developed in order to quantify the likelihood and the dollar value loss that the organization is expected to have. And based on that, we developed the capability of mitigation optimization, which is a very powerful capability. If you think about it, this is like the optimal way to invest cybersecurity funds, uh, let's say, or resources in the organization to uh, create maximal risk reduction and minimal cost. And that's a very powerful capability. Um, that's what we do today. Most of our, uh, let's say, customer base is in Western Europe and uh, North America, but we are working worldwide um, as an international company. Uh, that's very quickly about us. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you very much. So your, your company, uh, CYE, covers a lot. Um, and it, yeah, it's, it's, it's incredibly interesting. I think I'd like to kind of break it down a little bit. Um, I was doing some reading about the way that you help organizations identify risk and, and, and how you help them to um, identify the kind of the vulnerabilities that they may have as well. And they're, you know, the, the kind of the weakest areas. Um, <laughs> I, I also read that you you kind of do things a little differently there as well. So you, you don't simulate attacks; you you actually perform real attacks. Could you could you just give us an example of what a a, a typical attack would look like and and how you actually go about doing that? Yeah, that's a very good uh, question. And um, you know, one thing that we learned, uh, you know, that every assumption that you make, right, uh, in these processes will be then the weak point that will be used against you. So we work today with no assumptions while really acting as an actual, uh, let's say, offensive team, uh, depending on what is the, the um, let's say, the enemy that we want to mimic, but we do that in a very realistic way. That means starting from intelligence collection, like every army organization, before you start a, an operation, you start to learn the target. From asset discovery, who are the relevant people that are involved in the organization, whether that's uh, social media analysis, whether that's uh, uh, trying to identify all the relevant 
stakeholders in the organization, the critical assets of the organizations as those are exposed uh, to the outside or to relevant partners. And based on that, you draw a potential attack map. Then at this point, we don't ask for any kind of uh, whitelisting access or something uh, to help our activity. We do that, everything alone, of course. One thing that is different in the process is that we are coordinating some of the items with the, the internal team to make sure that they are not uh, you know, uh, using resources that, uh, in case they were able to identify the activity and they think that this is a real case. So we just want to make sure that uh, they, are, uh, they know that it's us if they are able to identify that. But other than that, everything is real. Uh, nothing that is uh, simulated. We don't ask, uh, install this tool for me and then provide me the access and so on. We use actual tools, actual attacks, as actual capabilities that are out there. We collect those capabilities during uh, our threat intelligence research, during our incident response uh, activities that we do. We take these tools, the actual tools that were used, we remove, of course, the uh, malicious part of it. Uh, so we don't want to, uh, of course, to create um, a damage into in the organization, but other than you know, just uh, taking off uh, the impact or the consequences to the organization, everything else is real end to end. So an attack can start with the intelligence collection. Then we will start either from the outside or from the inside, depending on what the attack scenario means. In some cases, we can come physically into a bank branch, sit uh, in the lobby waiting for our turn, and in the meanwhile, trying to connect to the Wi-Fi or connecting uh, to an uh, available uh, RJ uh, port in the wall or something similar, or we can send um, you know the basic social engineering capabilities, phishing or so on, or we take it to a more advanced capabilities that are actually uh, attacking the actual uh, available interfaces, either by well-known vulnerabilities or vulnerabilities that we've developed ourselves. So uh, we take a very wide range of uh, offensive, uh, let's say, uh, uh, capabilities and we tailor those to the relevant requirements and needs of the organization. But once, once we achieved like initial foothold in the organization, whether through a phishing attack or a vulnerability that we found on the website uh, or an asset uh, that we uh, abandoned asset that we were able to identify and uh, get control of, um, we are taking it to the next level and then you know, moving laterally in the organization based on um, identity related uh, vulnerabilities or by identifying, um, you know, you'll be surprised how many times we are going to the, just uh, the file share server of the organization. We found administrative users and passwords that are just out there. And you can use those in order to get access to critical assets of the organization while demonstrating what is the damage that uh, can be done there. When I'm saying demonstrating, again, we are very realistic there as well. If we are working with a bank and we want to demonstrate a financial fraud, we will take 100, 200 million from their accounts. We wire transfer it to our account to demonstrate that it's possible. So it's wow. not really, it's not just saying theoretically it's possible. We actually do that, right? Uh, sometimes when we get to manufacturing environment, of course, we don't shut down the manufacturing environment, but we show that it's possible. We show the red button, right? And we say, hey, we are now about to press it or to click it. Do you want us to do that? Yes or no? And then uh, <laughs> the, organization, the organization can decide. You know, in some cases, you know, we were in situations where the security responsible told us, hey, I don't believe that you are able to do that. Go ahead and click the button. Really? And we do, we've done that and we shut down a full operation, right? And you can imagine uh, the faces and, uh, you know, the, the approach. But again, we are working very closely with our customers. Of course, we won't do anything uh, that uh, the organization is not aware of and doesn't want to, 
to executing the organization. That's very important. And, and and do you find that you know when when you when you kind of get in these scenarios, obviously, like you say, it, it's working in partnership with the with the clients that you're working with. Uh, do you find that they? I mean, are you talking to people and they are generally surprised? that you're able to do this? Do they think that they've got their security tightened up and that, you know, you know, there's no way that you're going to be able to do this? And then, you know, I, I mean, I, I've got a million questions, but I guess, you know, is there an average time that it takes you to do this? Or, you know, I'm, I'm, yeah, and what do they say when, you, <laughs> when, you, when, you, when you're able to get in and, and, and do those kind of things? Yeah, let me give you some statistics. You know, uh, we had around 600 engagements until today, more or less, mm-hmm. uh, with uh, around 250 organizations. That's, uh, those are the numbers that uh, we worked uh, on uh, since the uh, foundation, let's say. Um, the fastest, uh, let's say, time slot that we had until we had full compromise of the organization, that means full control, including all critical aspects, was 27 seconds. Uh, that was something that was, I mean, really, let's say, exceptional. On average, it takes us around three days. The longest one that we had was around four weeks. Okay, and that, that is just to give you some statistics. Now, the point is, of course, you know, it, you can always be successful. That's not the point. The point is, what is the effort that you need to invest and how much is going to cost you as an attacker in order to do that? Right? Yeah. And what are the controls that the organization have in place in order uh, to be able to uh, to stand against those specific attacks? And that's something that is really different from different organizations. Um, now, in almost every organization, when you get in, you know, definitely when you talk about more mature organizations, they know that they have vulnerabilities. So in at the beginning, they are not surprised. But I have to tell you that in most of the cases, when we demonstrate in the end, you know, the... the actual impact, right, uh, to the organization. When we demonstrated 100 million left the organization and went to our uh, to our accounts, you always have people that are uh, either surprised, impressed, or uh, panic. In, Terrified. Uh, in, yeah, yeah in, uh, in some kind of uh, mixture between those, uh, those people in the organization. But I think that the one thing that is very important, we always do that with um, a lot of respect to the team. We know that it's much easier to be the attacker rather than uh, being the defender. That's something that we learned already. So uh, you just need to know what is the best way really to um, to provide the visibility to the organization. You know, if you are able to provide the state of mind of the attacker to the organization, that's the best value that you can provide because then the organization can understand where are you coming from, what you are trying to achieve and then block you in the right places other than trying to work uh, in a compliance-oriented uh, concept, which is, of course, okay, uh, but is not insufficient. So um, yeah. from my point of view, understanding the attacker, that's the key to having a more secure organization. 